are listening to the Sunday Sermon from Crossroads Bible Church in Bellevue, Washington. To learn more about Crossroads, visit us on our website at cbcbellevue.com. Think about the things we take for granted. I know that's not uh, uncommon to feel like we take things for granted, relationships, our health. I know he'll never take for granted his health again. Think about things we take for granted. We also, maybe we don't take for granted necessarily things, but, but often we will... Uh, we don't often know what we have until it's gone. Thank you, Connor. Uh, I, I, I was taking this for granted, you know, the fact that it's supposed to be here when I come up here. So he, this is part of the, the sermon right here. We think about things like taking things for granted or things that we appreciate and we don't fully appreciate until they're gone. Our dear brother, John Musgrave, went to the Lord two weeks ago. It's hard to even imagine a world without him, literally, the world can't imagine life without John. So I pray, I just, just pray for Naomi and Carmen and Alisa and their nine grandkids. We had an incredible service last night or yesterday morning. It was a privilege to be a part of it. I pray that as a church, we would come alongside Naomi and that she would never feel alone. And I can only imagine how hard this is going to be the days going forward. So let's, let's keep, let's keep, keep uh, the Musgrave family in our, our prayers. Amen. Amen. All right, I've got a question for you this morning. I got lots of questions. Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, if God were to remove the Holy Spirit from the earth for the next month, would you notice or appreciate or even miss the Holy Spirit? Now, before you stone me, <laughs> let me at least get this clear. The question is really not possible. It would be impossible for the Spirit to leave believers whom He has sealed. Amen? There's a one-time permanent dwelling of the Spirit that He promised to believers through faith because Jesus died and rose again. So, but work with me here. If the Spirit left earth and your life, would you even notice or have we too taken the Holy Spirit for granted? Would you love any different? Would you pray any different? Would you worship any different? Would your life be any different at all if the Holy Spirit were removed from your life? When was the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to fill you? Now, do you have an active, life-changing experience of the Holy Spirit in your life? All right, I got another question for you. If the Spirit left Crossroads Bible Church for the month of May, would we worship any different? Would less people be baptized? Would we see any difference at all in the way our church operated? Yes, I got questions this morning. I want us to be honest today. Because the Holy Spirit must be active in us if we, as Christians and as church, is to be effective and efficient in experiencing God's power. And by the way, there's no age limit for the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, I really want to speak to everybody. The little, little kids that are here today, I see you. Youth, adults. Our prayer is that we would really understand what the Spirit is and how He affects our lives. I know that many of us have heard uh, about the Spirit. We we've, we've know that opens our eyes. We've read about how it resurrects us and sanctifies us and transforms us and empowers us to live a Christian life. 
But if we're honest, the transformation might feel a little bit like Heimlich in A Bug's Life. I got to show you this right here. All Heimlich wanted to do was be a beautiful butterfly, and then everything will be better. And yet, if we're honest, sometimes as Christians, our victorious, spirit-empowered life feels a little bit different. Technically, yes, the Holy Spirit's in us, but functionally, it really doesn't look any different than what happened when Heimlich became a butterfly. He's like, I'm a beautiful butterfly, but the guy can't fly. And I wonder if this is kind of what it feels like a bit for us as Christians sometimes, right? We know we're Christian. We know the Spirit's in us. But is there a difference because the Spirit's in us? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? So by the way, I've been a part of the Crossroads Bible Church for many years, and I know you well. So if you're starting to freak out right now about the Spirit, talking about the Spirit, don't. It's going to be good, I promise. My hope today is if you have never experienced much of the Holy Spirit filling you and empowering you, that today you would learn something that would spark something in you that you'd want more. If you have experienced the Holy Spirit, I pray today would be a day of refueling and inspiration and, and change even a little bit of how you see the Spirit in your life. And I know there are people here that are, are examining Christianity, or you don't believe in a God. You're just here along. You're just watching. I just want to welcome you here, and I want to just encourage you to learn and listen to what, how the Spirit works in a Christian's life. The passage we're going to be studying today is Ephesians 5, 15 to 21, and I know that looks a lot like it there, but what I want to do is sh show you something. Verse 15 and 17 here, I'm giving you a little, a little uh, insight into the message. 15 and 17 is going to show us why we should be filled with the Spirit. The big yellow thing in the middle there is how to be filled with the Spirit. And then the last three verses, 19, 20, and 21, tell us what happens when you are filled with the Spirit. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Amen. Now let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask you that you would fill us with the Spirit this morning. That you would speak through me, God, that you would prepare the hearts of those that are here. God, you would do an amazing work in our lives today. We'd walk away with a new insight and a new yearning to see you fill us, Lord, in every part of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first 15, it starts off by saying, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. You can go to the next slide there. Now, the word look is actually means command. It means to look, it's a command that means look carefully, notice what you see, keep looking, keep alert. This last uh, week, I celebrated my 50th birthday. Thank you very much with my, yeah, thank you. I was a little bit delayed thanks to COVID, but I went with my two brothers and my dad, mom, down to California. And my brother and I went to a place called Joshua Tree National Park. And we saw a sign of something we were supposed to be looking carefully for. Here's the sign right here. If you can see it, we're supposed to look for turtles, snakes, coyotes. Okay, I'm alert, I'm, I see it. Now, if, if you didn't know, we're, we were missionaries in Zambia for five years. And uh, there was a few things we had to keep our eyes be alert for. Snakes, scorpions, snakes, right? Spiders, snakes, potholes, snakes, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm looking. Then one day I walked out of my, my house to go get in my car to go to work. I looked out and saw a four-foot black mamba right across the pathway. I am thankful that I was looking carefully. Right? I was noticing what was ahead of me. And I'll tell you what, even after moving back to America, I was like everywhere. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they followed me. I don't know. I got to watch out for these snakes. 
And truly what this word means is to be, look carefully. To look carefully. Because verse 15 and 16 says, because we need to live wisely in these days. These days are evil. This world is going crazy. There are so many distractions. It's so easy to waste our life. And as Christians, we have to make the most of our time. But not just make the most of our time. I love what this means. The Greek word really means to buy back. It means to redeem your time. Christ redeemed us by going to the cross. Now we have power over sin. So we can live in a way that's eternal in the temporary. We can live in a way that's holy in the evil if we buy back the time. But what does it mean to buy back time or redeem time? It's kind of like this. This is a smartphone. I got a smartphone because I wanted to buy back my time. I thought if I could have a calendar and a way to text and call people all one phone, I would save so much time. Why are you guys laughing? Because <laughs> you know, right? This thing that's supposed to buy back time actually kills my time, right? This thing's evil. But seriously though, right? That's the point, is that we've got to be looking carefully to live wisely so that we can make the best use of our time. And what is the best use of our time? How do we make the best use of our time? Well, verse 17 tells us, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How do we make the best use of our time? We obey His will. And how do we obey His will? Well, verse 18 tells us the will of the Lord is to be filled with the Spirit. The will of the Lord is to be filled with the Spirit. So then the next question is, how do we get filled with the Spirit? Now, I really want to get there, and I will. But for many of us, we need a little refresher here about the Holy Spirit. I want to give a little bit of an infomercial, if I may. An infomercial on the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't need an infomercial, but I thought we'd have a little fun tonight, this morning. All right, so we got a few things here, a few things to remind us. Now, the, inf the Holy Spirit, I mean, the, the infomercial, I studied on infomercials because I really wanted to do a good one. And the first thing you need to do is you have to have a good product. Holy Spirit, I'm good there. The second thing is you've got to educate your prospects. Y'all are my prospects, all right? And the third thing you've got to do is you've got to sell it quickly, get a quick sale. I want, to, I want an urgency here. I want you to hear the Holy Spirit. I want you to receive the Holy Spirit and be filled. And lastly, you've got to have a strong close. I think I've got a strong close here. Just, just you watch. Are you guys ready? You kids ready? Are you ready? All right, here we go. So, the first thing, first verse we want to talk about, I'm just going to kind of go through this quickly here. Go ahead and throw that first verse up there. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The word transform, it actually means metamorpho. It actually means what happens when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. That's what the Spirit does in our life. It transforms us to be more like Jesus. It's a present term, so it happens, and it happens, and it happens. Who all wants to be transformed into Jesus in the way he acts? Amen. Okay, I'm, I'm doing so good so far here. All right, the second verse, here we go. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. All right, so we walk. Ooh, got some shoes. Walk by the Spirit, right? And you will be holy, okay? Hence the name, Holy Spirit. If we're filled with the Spirit... 
We're going to be holy. Who wants to be holy this morning? Raise your hand. All right. We got some, we're moving here. I'm getting my prospects. We're going, okay? The third thing here is uh, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will get send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So here we got an apple for the teacher, right? Here we go. And we got a ruler, right? Because truly the Holy Spirit will teach us the Word of God. We can't understand the Word without Him. And he brings to remembrance the things that we learn. All right, who wants to remember Scripture, learn Scripture? All right, we got it here. Next Scripture, here we go. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. So I got a heart here to remind us, right, that when we're filled with God's Spirit, we have God's love. And especially in the midst of challenges and hardship and times, who needs a little God's love? Raise your hand. All right, fill the Spirit, you got God's love. Are you sold yet? Okay, I got a couple more verses. Bam, here we go. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how we ought to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. When you're weak, when you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit, when you're filled, will intercede with you, will speak to the Father on your behalf. When you're weak and you need strength, you got the, got the Holy Spirit in you. Who wants some Holy Spirit interceding, giving you strong? Raise your hand. All right, you're there. I'm feeling it. All right, the next one. This is a good one. The fruit of the Spirit. Bam, right here. Fruit of the Spirit, right? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of y'all parents need some peace and some patience with your kids? Raise your hand. Amen, right? The Holy Spirit transforms our characteristics, and so out of who we are becomes these things, love and joy and peace and patience, when we're filled with the Spirit. And lastly, how many of you guys are tempted and you're struggling and need the Word of God to be a sword of the Spirit, right? This is what the Holy Spirit does. When you're filled with the Spirit, it's a sword toward temptations and struggles. All right, I'm about to close. You guys ready for my clothes? I got a picture of Pastor Keith. I love you, Pastor Keith. Why do you have a picture of Pastor Keith? Let me tell you why. I'm going to put it up so you can all see. You want to just want to focus on that one. All right, here's the verse. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. How many of y'all need a helper this morning? Raise your hand. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It's come to help us. But why do I have a picture of Pastor Keith right there? Well, let me, let me tell you. Imagine if you were a disciple, and you're walking with Jesus 24-7, and life is good, and you're seeing miracles, and you're walking on water, and he's feeding 5,000 and 4,000. And then he says something to you like, huh, it's actually, can you bring that verse back up one more time? It's actually to your advantage that I, Jesus, go away. Because if I don't go away, I will not be able to send the Spirit to you. And you're like, hold on. I don't know how it's to my advantage that you go away, right? I don't even know what the Spirit is. I just prefer things the way they are right now. Let's just do this. What would be an advantage that Jesus would leave? Well, the advantage is that Jesus leaves, you have Jesus in you. Now, I'll never forget the first time I ever heard Pastor Keith preach at Fort Memorial Church in Spokane. 
keep in mind, I've known this guy my whole life. And I walk in, and there's no notes. There's no podium. He just got his Bible. And he, he, he didn't mess up an entire word. I've never done that. And then he presentation was flawless. And it was theological. It was practical. It was inspirational. It was life-changing. Again, I've known him my whole life. I know him mean, from college. I'm like, who are you? Where did this come from? And I remember talking to him after I heard him preach, and I was like, how do you do without notes? And he gave me his, he actually wrote an article on it, and I read the article. <laughs> I'm like, what if I would have asked him, hey, will you coach me, man? Just teach me. How do you preach without notes? How do you study? How do you do all these things? And I'm sure if I would have got that, I would have messed my words up, and I'm sure that if I, if you would have coached me with, you know, how to, how to do this, I would have forgot what I was going to say. But how does, you know, how do you coach someone to be like him? I mean, the guy has two doctorates. Did you know that? He's preached every week for the past 25 years. He's counseled more people, been through more issues with people, and has more context in the church than I'll ever know. He's forgotten more than I'll ever learn. I'm sure he had a photographic memory, so he doesn't forget anything. And he prays more passionately and more fervently than any preacher I've ever known. The dude is brilliant and spirit-empowered. He could help coach me, but I could never preach like him. But what if Keith were, and this is crazy, just work with me here. What if Keith were, instead of coaching me, were somehow able to get in me with all his knowledge and experience and insight and wisdom and skill? What if all of Keith were in me? Would that change how I preach? Would that change who I was? Absolutely. And that's the point of what it means that when Jesus says, it's an advantage that I go away, the Spirit will be in you. So instead of me coaching you, I'm going to be in you, empowering you to be me to all the world. So who wouldn't want to be filled with the Spirit if what comes out is Jesus? Amen? And that's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit helps us pray and love and teaches us and transforms us. And wait, there's more. I was hoping I get a laugh out of that. But wait, there's more. That's the infomercial. You guys with me there? But wait, there's more. He gives us hope. And check this out. When it says the Spirit gives life, the flesh profits nothing. We can do nothing apart from the Spirit. So you want to be filled with the Spirit if anything good and lasting is going to happen. So, who's in? Who wants to buy? No, just kidding. But here's, here's what we have, the Holy Spirit. We want the Spirit to fill us, and I hope you understand and are longing to be empowered by Him to live the life of Jesus. So, the question is then, we know why we want to be filled, but how do we get filled with the Spirit? Well, wait for the context. Well, you need to get drunk. Yeah, you heard me right. You need to get drunk. You need to drink and drink and drink until you're completely drunk, controlled by another substance, so you think and act differently. Well, here's the context. Obviously, you're not getting drunk with alcohol, but you're getting drunk in the Spirit. Because this passage that you have here, he's basically saying he's correlating. You can either be drunk with wine, or you can be drunk with the Holy Spirit, right? You can be filled with wine, and you can be filled with the Spirit. Both are going to change you. Both are spirits. Which one will you choose? And I love this little uh, store that I saw on, um, on the internet on Africa. In Africa, you got to see it. I don't think you can quite see it, but it says, sometimes I turn to God, sometimes to whiskey. Either way, I'm guided by the Spirit. 
I think it's pretty clever. Not entirely true, but it's, it's pretty clever. But I think that's what he's trying to say here, is that you need to be filled with the Spirit. So what does it look like? How do we get filled with the Spirit? Well, the Greek word is pretty interesting. First of all, it's a verb. The Holy Spirit is one of activity. The verb, if you, if you get filled with alcohol, it controls you and influences how you act, think, and behave. Likewise, if you're controlled by the Spirit, it will influence how you act, think, and behave. Second of all, it's an imperative uh, Greek word. It means it's a command. You must be filled with the Spirit. It's not a suggestion, right? It, it's a command for us. You can't act Christian without being filled with the Spirit. Third, it's a present verb, meaning there is no end to this activity of being filled. It's a continuous thing. Just if you got drunk today, right, you're going to have to drink tomorrow to get drunk. In the same way, if you're filled with the Spirit today, you've got to be filled again tomorrow. It's a continuous thing. Now, again, remember, we're still with the Spirit, but we're called to be filled on an active basis. We can't lose the Spirit, but we can be filled with the Spirit afresh every day so it controls how we act and how we think. Lastly, this is really crazy for you word geeks out there, it's a passive verb, which means it happens to you. This is where it's a bit different. You don't make yourself drunk. The alcohol makes you drunk, but you have to drink. In the same way, we don't fill ourselves with the Spirit and change the way we act, but we have to ask to be filled so that the Spirit will change us and, and lead us and guide us. So here's the deal. God does the filling, but we are commanded to be filled. How do you do something you can't do? How do you get filled with the Spirit? Well, the first thing you got to do is, there's three things I want to bring up. First thing is the Holy Spirit. To have the Holy Spirit fill you, you must be holy. Amen? So those, those sins that you know that you did, the sins that you don't know you did, the things that you're holding on to, the secret sins, all of that stuff, those sins will, will, will keep you, will hinder you. It will grieve the Spirit and hinder you from being filled with the Spirit. It's like my buddy when he, 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 he used to drink Coke all the time, and he got sick and eventually hurt him, right? So he's like, I got to get rid of Coke, and I got to put water in. You can't do both. You get to be filled. You got to be filled with the Spirit, and you got to put away the things that are going to hurt you and say, God, forgive me for those things, and, 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 and let me be holy before you. The second thing we do is we just ask him, Jesus God, fill me with your spirit today. Luke eleven fourteen says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? That's a great prayer. God will always answer that prayer. Heavenly Father, fill me with your spirit. The last thing you need to do is you need to read the Word. It is impossible to be filled with the Spirit of God if you're not reading the Word that the Spirit breathed out and orchestrated so it's written for you. To be filled with the Word of God is to be filled with the Spirit of God. You can't do one without the other. We repent. We ask Him. And then we read the Word and let the Word be transformed. Remember what we talked about over there? It teaches us, and it brings remembrance, and it's a sword, and it transforms. God uses his word to transform our lives. 
So we've talked about why, we've talked about how, right now we're going to look at what happens when we are filled with the Spirit. Here's some things you're going to look forward to as you continue to get filled with the Spirit and ways to know if you are filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, 20, and 21 shows us what happens when we're filled. We share His Word. Uh, the first one it says here, it says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. One result of being filled with the Spirit is speaking the Word to one another and worshiping God. When we are filled with the Spirit, we worship. That's just, it just happens. Because the Spirit is in us, then we want to worship God. The second thing it says is it gives thanks and all, we give thanks and all, always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks in all things. Another result of being filled with the Spirit is an attitude of gratitude. You find yourself complaining about what's going on in the world, bitter, a lack of appreciation, taking things for granted. Part of the Spirit's job is to make us grateful. So we honor God and worship in His Word, and we are thankful to Him in all circumstances. And lastly, we are humble. We become humble people, putting others first in our lives, to our spouses and to our kids and to our parents. That's where this passage goes. Because we're submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. When we are filled with the Spirit, we learn to be humble to one another. And all of this happens not on your own strength, but through the Holy Spirit who fills you. When you repent and you say, God, fill me, and you dive into his word, this is what happens when you get filled with the Spirit. So what would it look like if the Spirit were to be removed from this earth? My prayer is that we wouldn't be able to obey his will. Because we wouldn't be filled with the Spirit. That's, that's not a prayer. That's, that's reality. Second of all, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to be transformed. Our prayers would struggle. We, would, we wouldn't be able to love, and our characteristics of our lives would not be love and joy and peace and patience. Lastly, we wouldn't be worshiping. We wouldn't be thanking God and filled with gratitude. We wouldn't be serving each other. Maybe this actually describes you this morning. Maybe as you hear those words, you start realizing, man, I'm complaining a lot. I'm struggling with people. Maybe there's no worship, no desire to worship. Maybe you haven't even thought about the Spirit. Maybe you haven't asked Him to fill you. This is why we do this. This is why we talk. This is why we preach. Because we want the Word of God to convict our hearts, to help us long for things of God. And everything that the Holy Spirit does is everything we want Him to do, but we just have to ask. He longs to fill you. He longs to empower you. He longs to transform you so that you can glorify God. I know that maybe there's some here this morning, even to be saying that Holy Spirit song, the shame is undone. When you're filled with the Spirit, the shame of your past is removed because you find out who you are and who God is. Maybe you just feel dry and you feel empty and you just feel like, oh, there's no power over sin. Ask God to fill you with the Spirit. 
dive into his word. Confess that sin. Ask him to transform your heart so you long for him. You long after him. You want God. You want things of God. You want to make a difference for God. Maybe this morning is the time for you to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. Say, God, I believe you created this world. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. Make me holy. Give me a chance to walk with you in peace and patience and kindness. This morning, the Holy Spirit wants to transform your life. It's just right there. It's right there. Would you pray with me? Maybe this morning right now is a time where you just need to confess your sins. Maybe there's something you're holding on to that's preventing the Spirit from, from leading your life and guiding your life. I'll take a minute just to ask Him to forgive you. He's faithful and just to forgive you for all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Maybe this morning it's just a simple like, yes, God, I want all of you. And whether you've never, ever asked him to fill you because you didn't understand, or maybe you've just been kind of living your own life for a while, or maybe it's, it's this time where you realize you want to give it up and surrender, I just invite you in the quietness of your heart to ask God to fill you this morning. God, would you fill us this morning? Would you fill us? That all of you are, and Jesus is, would be, live and have access to our lives, that nothing would hinder us, that you can love, and you can teach us the word. You can give us power and transform us. God, we just ask that you would fill us this morning. Fill our church, God. May we be a light in this community and all over the world. And maybe this morning you just realize, man, I get to get back in the Word. The Spirit's prompting me. Maybe this is the morning you just make a commitment to dive back into the Word of God. Even now, just make that commitment. Make a time in your mind. Got to pray for those that are, are, are wanting to get back into the Word and recognize the importance of the Word in their lives. I pray, Father, that you would give them that courage and that discipline. Lord, we know that apart from you, we can't study the Word. We don't want to. We, we have no desire for spiritual things apart from your Spirit. So God, I pray for those right now that need the Word. God, that if you get into the Word, need to study and learn and read the Word, God, that they would do that. That you would give them the desire. Only you can do that. I pray that you would. Father, transform us. Change us. May we be a vessel. And may what you want on in heaven is what happened on earth because we are totally surrendered to your spirit to live out the life of Christ for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen.